are live. Not really. <laughs> we are we are live recording this, which you will later play back at uh, some other date that's not now, and you will be able to listen to this. I, I think that's that's basically the definition of a podcast, right? Probably, yeah. Cool. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in to the Geek Garage podcast. <laughs> that's my that's my NPR introduction. <laughs> was it was it soothing enough to your ears? I would have tuned in. Cool, excellent, <laughs> excellent. Well, on today's episode, <laughs> so it's the eleventh episode. We're covering Doctor Who today, and we have uh, none of my regular co-hosts are here. Andrew is dead, and so is Connor. I called them both. Um, <laughs> Uh, and in their stead, filling in is my sister-in-law, Lindsay. Hey! Hey! How are you? I'm doing great. Cool. She is uh, what I believe nomenclature states is a Whovian. That is correct. Cool. Okay. Well, I believe Whovian, if you look it up in maybe the Urban Dictionary, states one that is enthusiastic about the show Doctor Who. Uh, would you like me to give you an actual definition? No, that's not necessary. <laughs> <laughs> that's just a waste of everyone's time. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, so she's a she's a, a hardcore Whovian, a big fan of Doctor Who, and she knows a lot about the show. So I brought her in here today to kind of uh, give me and anyone else that's not familiar with the show the lowdown on Doctor Who and kind of what it takes to be a Whovian, if you're interested in getting into the show, uh, if there really is anything to know before diving into the show or some things that are good to know about getting into it, she is going to tell us. And we've tried to come up with some good questions to ask her, uh, see if um, we can we can, you know fill y'all in um because i i honestly have no idea about the show uh, other than just the tidbits that she's filled me in so um yeah you want to you want to just dive right in i'm totally fine with that cool all right well uh do when did the show start was it in the 70s yeah the 60s because it was definitely in black and white when it first started right for sure yep and it's i want to say probably late 60s early 70s i'd have to look it up to give you an actual date i mean i'm not i'm a nerd but i'm not like that sure of a nerd um definitely in black and white uh mm, the main purpose of the show it as a whole is science fiction of course mm-hmm. and i don't and when you're listening to what you were saying about what it takes to be a whovian it doesn't take much uh, I was introduced to the show by my brother-in-law and my sister who he was watching it when it was in black and white. Like he watched it when he was a kid. Okay. Um, it only took about two or three episodes for me and I was hooked. So where did you start? Uh, I started with the revamp in the 2005. So okay. Christopher Eggleston, um, before I could fully personally call myself a Whovian, I did go back and try to find a lot of the black and white ones. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen William Hartnell, John Pertree, uh, a few of the other new older doctors. That's probably one, two. Tom Baker, which was the fourth doctor. Um, Peter Davies, which is actually David Tennant's father-in-law. 
interesting. A lot, a lot of tidbits about that stuff. Yeah. Um, but I can't, I can't tell you enough how much the show is amazing. I love the show. It's, it leaves it to the imagination for a lot of certain parts to where if you like Harry Potter or things like that, you can take an appreciation for that. Mm -hmm. Um, I know that some people watch it and think it's kind of B movie ish because the villains or the monsters look like suits. You can totally tell that that's not real. Right. But the revamp for certain kept that because that's what it was like in the sixties and the Mm seventies. They didn't have what they have now. Right. They didn't have amazing technology to go off of. Right. So the 2005, probably all the way through a little bit of Matt Smith, which would be the 11th doctor, um, has that kind of B movie feel with Peter Capaldi, which is the current doctor. It's not as B movie. They've given it a lot more of that good technology, more of a, this could be realistic if you believe in sci-fi and other planets and things like that. Mm -hmm. So what do you think, uh, makes up the, uh, the charm, uh, and, uh, the appeal of the show? Like, well, I, I mean, this is, you know, part of it is obviously going to be a little subjective, you know, what, what you get out of the show, what, what makes you want to tune in every week to watch it. Um, but, if you could speak for all Doctor Who fans, like what would you say is like one or two of like the big things that attribute to I guess its success or okay um, or or just its charm or appeal? One of the main things for me is the Doctor himself. Mm-hmm. He is charming. Well, yeah, <laughs> he is though. Like, I mean, if you think older Doctors, he was definitely kind of a dickhead. I mean, mm-hmm. and, and Peter Capaldi's kind of a dickhead, too. But he is an alien from another planet. Right. He looks, not necessarily looks down on the human race, but he is not a human. He's a humanoid, if that's what you want to call it. Because right. he looks like a human, but he's not one. Um, he consistently goes through his life where it doesn't matter what your race, your religion, your color, what, a, what that doesn't matter. Everyone is important. Mm-hmm. And for me, that's a huge deal. Like, because especially now it's, it, we all want to be equal. We all want, you know, for him, you're all equal. You're, it, it doesn't matter if you're the size of a thumbnail or if you're a giant, you're equally as important. You serve a purpose and that purpose is important. Um, he, I don't know. There's just a lot. There's a lot to it. He, the story, I mean, some people would say there's like holes in the story, but they get filled in later. And that's the glory of the show. Okay. Like it could be a story that started back in the seventies and they're filling in the hole now in 2017. Interesting. So, uh, you know, it's, you don't necessarily have to watch all of them to get into it uh but i would suggest if you get into it going back and watching the originals they're they're interesting they're still good yeah um he he's just great he saves the world without any weapons Mm -hmm. that's a huge thing yeah like you know star wars and other sci-fi flicks you have those awesome weapons like the guns that shoot crazy bullets that never end and the lightsaber that's everyone loves it Mm mm-hmm 
doc the doctor saves the world with no weapons at all he has a sonic screwdriver it doesn't shoot it doesn't it unlocks doors and and puts in codes for certain things and so it it has its own appeal it's like a peaceful way of saving the planet sure yeah, I love that show. <laughs> <laughs> I I can't tell. I, I can't tell. So say someone like me who I mean I've watched a couple episodes, uh, but it's probably say, my fault. <laughs> why is that? Because <laughs> I just I talk about it all the time. Oh uh, yeah, just cram it down my throat yeah. and then it becomes unappealing. You just gotta at least watch it because I no, talk about it all the time. It's just because of the children. I I don't have time <laughs> to do anything, and then once I get time, I'm like I. I don't know what to do with my hands. <laughs> but, and okay, well, that's another thing that's appealing about it. Like, my niece and nephew, they are 14 and 7, mm-hmm. and they love the show. Love the show. I mean, Bryson dressed up as one of the companions for Halloween. Like, she loves the show. I don't know what that means. Oh, well, it's fine. <laughs> we, we can get to that. But I'm just saying, it's not just for adults or people who like sci-fi. It's appealing to children because there is minimal violence. Right. So, what... um. If if you could name a few things that uh, someone should know about the show uh, that hasn't seen an episode um, should know, what would you tell those people? Like, would I mean they could be they could be warnings. They'd be like, hey, you kind of have to watch a few episodes before you really are able to get into it, or um, you know, it could be anything like. If you could tell someone that hasn't seen an episode anything, like what would it be? Or uh, to okay, so uh, first and foremost, and I know that the Whovians that listen to this will probably appreciate me saying this. His name is not the Doctor. Okay, yeah, I I saw that when I was doing my research. Uh, everyone everyone was saying uh, things that irritate the shit out of them. Yeah, so. That's a title that he took on. Mm -hmm. So he actually has a name and it's no one ever knows it. I mean, there are people within the show that know it, but it's never been said out loud. I don't believe Mm -hmm. Uh, there could be a lost episode that I haven't seen that has it in there. But um, that's a title that he took on. When you become a Time Lord, you take on a title. So instead of telling everyone your name, which if you were to watch the show religiously, it becomes a secret so it's a very powerful piece of information to name something. So they always keep their names a secret. Um, if you're talking about him, it's not Doctor Who. It's the Doctor. Right. Um, so the char- uh, the character, like the, like the, I mean, they, they're kind of like the Bond girls. Like there's, there's usually like one female lead uh, for each Doctor, right? Um, it is lately. It's definitely been more females than males that are companions. Um, but he has some male companions. Okay. It just depends on who the doctor is and what he's doing at that time. Right. So who, who when they address the doctor, do what What do they call him? Doctor. Do, is it the doctor or just doctor? Doctor. They pulled a Facebook doctor. and dropped... They pulled a Facebook and just dropped the the. Yeah. Just doctor. Just doctor. Just doctor. Like you would call me Lindsay. You don't say the Lindsay. Doctor. Well, so, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. So, it, yeah, it, it's just, uh, there's, okay, there's that. Uh, TARDIS is, an, uh-huh. is time. It's actually an acronym, right? Yes. Time and Relative Dimension in Space. Yeah. I, I learned that as well. I didn't realize that 
it actually stood for something. I thought that that was just its name because I'm <laughs> no, an idiot. So there are many of them. Like yeah. that's just what the Gallifreyan people travel in. This is called a TARDIS. Um, it's a police box. Well, his is. Right. So, but I I still don't know what a police box is. Well, that's an old fashioned European thing. Yeah, it, it's a real thing where you could go inside the box and call the police. Oh, okay. Like it's a legitimate what it's called a police box for for civilians. Right. Okay. Um, I thought it was for the police. It is. You call it, like you go in there. And well, you call I mean, the like the box is literally for the police. Oh no! <laughs> like like I, it's kind of like Superman's yeah. like, changing room. Pretty where, much. You know, in the old shows where he'd go into a telephone booth and he'd come out dressed as Superman or whatever. Well, like people would go in and like they'd come out as a police <laughs> and be like all right i'm ready to arrest these bad guys citizens arrest citizens arrest <laughs> they're just handed a badge by some right. weird machine that pop like a vending machine <laughs> here's your badge go arrest that fucker badge number so-and-so right yeah. Because I'm an idiot, and that's exactly how my brain works. <laughs> no. um, and his is broken. It's called okay. a chameleon device, and mm-hmm. his is actually broken, or they say it's broken. Um, so it's stuck in that form as a police call box. Because in theory, or as in the show would say, it can change to whatever it needs to change into, to blend into where it is. Right. So his chameleon circuit is broken. That's why it looks like that. Cool. Uh, he has two hearts. That's definitely something people don't understand. That's why you see stickers or things that say, I heart heart the doctor. He right. has two hearts. Yeah, I asked you about that one. A- any particular reason why he has one? Or is that just a thing and you have to accept it? It's so he can regenerate. It's part of their regeneration okay. process. I was, I was wondering if that was it because uh, in my research, and sorry if I keep on bringing up, in my research... Uh, <laughs> But what, what, I mean, like, I did research for this. Like, I mean, you I, have I wanted, to. I wanted to make sure that I asked non-stupid questions. Um, so, but when I was doing research, uh, I, I learned about the, like, the regeneration thing. Like, hmm. the doctor dies and comes back in a totally different form. That's why there's different doctors. Right. And, um, so that kind of, in itself, fills in a plot hole of why different actors play the doctor and why the show has been able to go on for 50 some years without people getting upset about it right so that's that's a very helpful thing to Mm -hmm. understand if you're jumping into the show uh what else is good to know um he's a time lord you'll hear that a lot uh that's what they're called from the lord of time yeah i know it sounds very pretentious like he's a dick or whatever and sometimes whoever plays him can be uh but well, i mean the impression that i got was that he keeps on having to regenerate and then re-explain why he had why he's able to do all these things to simple-minded humans and he's irritated because of that it depends on who's playing him but right. yeah that's that's it does happen yeah um the current doctor calls humans pudding brains <laughs> that's what he says that's very nice um I don't there for me it's just a personal thing. I just I can't I can't tell people who aren't nerdy or don't watch the show how amazing the show is enough. Um it I don't know. Like okay, so Josh, for you guys who don't know him, my husband hates and my the brother. show. Hates the show. 
Like he cannot stand watching it. There are a few episodes that he will get into if they're like realistic time traveling episodes. Like mm-hmm. there's one where uh, Matt Smith goes back and meets Vincent Van Gogh. Right. And he gets into that one. He thinks that one's really good. And the thought concept behind it is great. Whatever. But because Josh doesn't like B movies or his imagination isn't as vivid as some, he can't get into the show. Yeah. He loves how much I love it, but he just isn't into it. It's it's basically the, uh, I mean, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it's kind of like the epitome of silly British sci-fi stuff. Oh, for sure. I mean, because uh, the, the British, they, they always kind of have a flair for being silly in mm-hmm. their television. I mean, you just look at like Monty Python. Oh yeah, like it, it took me a long or, time um, to get into Monty Python. Not whose line is it? Whose line is it anyway? I think that was originally a British show. Was it? I think so. I only know the American version. Um, and I tried to get into like the British version of The Office. Oh yeah, uh, which of course came pr- before the right. U.S. version. Uh, and I couldn't get into it. I think there's only maybe one or two seasons, uh, but I I couldn't watch it. That's it's, another thing that's for me is I like British television, yeah. British humor. Mm-hmm. Like uh, it's very dry, very sarcastic. Yeah, I uh, like I said, it took me uh, it took me a while to get into Monty Python. Like when I uh, it was kind of when I went to high school, uh, it, it kind of hit a, like a resurgence, like the Holy grail was getting like really kind of like, it almost like formed into like its cult, um, status. Right. Uh, when I was in high school and all of a sudden all my friends were watching it and they're like, yeah, you know, referencing the Holy grail. And I was like, I don't know what the hell you guys are talking <laughs> about. They're like, it's the Holy grail, man. And I'm like, What's the Holy Grail? <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, it, um, it it took me a while to get into it. I, I had to, like, I bought it, and I was like, this isn't funny. And then <laughs> I rewatched it recently, and I was like, okay, this is pretty damn funny. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it takes, if you're not into that kind of thing, it takes a little getting used to. It's an right. adjustment for sure. Cool. Um, I'm not trying to talk smack about American TV, but a lot of times we like to take the idea from Britain and then butcher it. Right. <laughs> Americanize it. So, not that The Office was bad, because I feel like The Office was a good rendition of it. So, I, you know, I'm not saying that. It's just, it, it is British TV. So, it, it they've Americanized it some, like BBC America. We now have that. So, mm-hmm. they've Americanized it some, because so, they know it's a huge phenomenon. Like the Americanized base, Doctor Who? Yeah. The fan base for Doctor Who is gargantuan. Okay. Like, it used to be... You know, like like my brother-in-law, he's 36, no, 38. So he is older than us, and he's been watching it for forever, and he his favorite doctor is the fourth doctor. So it was forever ago for him. Mm-hmm. Um, it Once it got to America, it exploded. Like, they make all kinds of money on merchandise, uh, stupid little things like the little Funko pop things or whatever. Right. Yeah. So they, it, it definitely had to get somewhat Americanized to appeal to America. Um, but you can tell almost when you watch it, if you've watched it religiously um, from start to finish, you can tell when it started to go through its revamp to give it more of an Americanized feel. Uh, some of the older Whovians hate that. Like they don't like that that's changed. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel if you're a true Whovian, you need to get with the change. Like that's sure. part of it. Like he regenerates every three or four seasons. You kind of have to go with the flow. That's part of the show. 
So, yeah. Cool. Um, so, uh, since we kind of uh, just sort of touched on, you know, the old version of the show and then the new version of the show, uh, would you say that someone who's brand new to the show, um, which of course is the audience that we're kind of catering to right now, um, can jump in with the newer, uh, newer seasons, or would you say it would behoove them to... I see what you did there. Uh, what did I do? Behoove. Hoovian. Behoove. <sighs> I should have just <laughs> rolled with it and said thank you, and now... Actually, I'm going to cut that out. Cut it out, cool. yeah. Oh, great. Thank you. <laughs> You're That's welcome. To it was funny. You said behoove. It was funny. Yeah. Uh, so uh, would it behoove them? I see what you did there. Yeah. To watch any of the old stuff before diving into the new stuff. Because I, like I said, I, I watched uh, some of the, the Chris Eccleson stuff. Um, and I didn't necessarily feel lost. I just kind of was like, okay, well, this is probably like the hump that I need to get over uh, until I can kind of get a grasp of what's going on. So in your opinion, is it in their best interest to watch any of the old stuff or is it okay to jump into the new stuff and then maybe go back to the old stuff if they want to? Uh, I would suggest jumping into the revamp. Okay. Starting in 2005. Because it's a, it's it. a little kind of a fresher take and it won't be as... It'll be a little bit easier to get into. Well, that and there they, it would there was a gap between when it was going on and then when they revamped it. They brought mm-hmm. out some movies and some little side things in right. between the revamp or whatever. But uh, it, they kind of touch on everything that needs to be known, so that they could reach back out to a younger crowd, so that they could get people that are Kellen Bryson our age back into the show. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would definitely say start with Christopher Eggleston and just go forward. Cool. Um, if you get involved into it, like I did, you can reach out to Hulu and things like that and find these other episodes. Um, I will go ahead and warn you <laughs> that unless you want to buy them online, like the whole set, right. there are some missing um, because the BBC for some really stupid reason, did not think this show was going to take off the way it took off. So they taped over some of the older shows. So you'll find some that are lost. Like you'll go through a set because back in the older ones, it would be four episodes would equal up to one episode. Whereas now it's a 45 minute episode is a whole episode. Mm -hmm. So it would kind of like cut and be like to be continued back, back in the, back in the day right um so that you'll find when you watch them on hulu and amazon that they are there's some holes um so that's kind of funny i mean like you never really hear about that kind of shit happening um so that's it's very interesting it's like something that your dad would do be like sorry honey i taped over our wedding with the, right the the hockey game well you know i mean they didn't have what we have now to record stuff so right it's it's yes i was kind of pissed off they didn't have radio shack to run out to, to right. like i was actually no i'm not kind of pissed off i was really pissed off when i was trying to find these shows i'm mm-hmm. like what the hell right where is the next episode um, um, they uh, they were taken off in Netflix recently, weren't they? Or yeah, they but I think on? they're about to put them back on there once the new season is over. Okay. Um, but they are on Amazon Prime for anyone who okay. wants to get them. Um, cool. All of the revamp is on Amazon Prime. You will have to get Hulu for the black and whites. Um, but yeah, I would definitely say start with 2005. It gives you a fresh look on it. It 
tells you who he is. He gets a brand new companion. He kind of gives you a brief synopsis as to where he, who he is, where he's from, why he's the last one, those kind of things. So, cool. uh, let's see. Um, so I found a list of uh, it's um, the nine things that nine things people say that drive Doctor Who fans mad. Uh, or in English, uh, American speak crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I won't go through all of them because some of them are kind of stupid and silly. Uh, but I will go through some of them that I thought were good. Uh, and we already kind of talked about the first one. And it was anyone who calls him Doctor Who instead of... Uh, or no, anyone who calls him Doctor Who or who writes it DR period mm-hmm. who. Mm-hmm. Um so we, we kind of yeah. cover that, how that um, that annoys. I was listening to a podcast a couple weeks ago because Peter Capaldi was on it uh-huh. and they kept calling him Doctor Who. And and it grinds my gears. I'm like, <laughs> that really grinds yeah. my gears. I'm just like, that's but that's oh, my God. No. OK, so, yeah, that's definitely call one. him the doctor. Right. Please. And thank you. Um, so uh, apparently one of them is what is he doing exactly? What 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 a, what of a uh, kind of doctor is he? Right. What is he a doctor of? Right. I think is what people like to say of everything. He's a doctor of everything. Right. He doesn't just. He doesn't have an MD. Yeah. He's not a medical doctor. He's a like I said, it's a title that he took on because he wants to heal everything and everyone. Mm-hmm. Like he, he just watch the show, people. <laughs> Just watch it. <laughs> um, one of them was, how come all the aliens speak English? That's so unrealistic. Is it? Is it, though? Okay, because if you watch the show, it tells you that the TARDIS translates everyone's language to English so mm-hmm. that they can understand. Yes. It has a radius. Uh, I think they actually tell you how far it actually goes. But anyone who's traveled in the TARDIS or has gone anywhere near it gets translated into English because... We need to be able to understand it. Right. Plot holes. <laughs> uh, one of them apparently is, I remember the first episode ever it had the Daleks in it. Did I say that right? No. It's Daleks. And, and that, that's okay. It's fine. It's Shame like, on me. It's not like you watch it. Um, Yeah. And they are still in it. They're still very much in it like they they're literally the arch nemesis of the doctor well i think the this the point that this person that wrote this article was making was that they weren't in the first episode um if i remember correctly they it says it says they might recall the first uh first episode it was magic but we don't meet the daleks Mm mm-hmm until the fifth episode of the series, and even then, we only see a plunger. Yeah, I believe that's correct. That the first episode... I'm trying to think of the first episode, because it's been a while since I watched it. Um, I'm trying to think who the villain actually is in that one. I know they go to another planet, but I'm, I'm 100% positive it's not Scarrow. Sorry, that's the planet of the Daleks. Okay. Um, yeah, so... They must be, and that, that whoever said that is totally incorrect because even if you're thinking about the revamp, the first episode of the revamp doesn't have the Daleks in it either. So it's just, 
I mean, again, like I said, some episodes were lost. So that might have been the first episode they ever saw. Right. And it was black and white. So they're like, this has to be the first one. It was black and white. And it's William Hartnell. So let's just go with it. Right. Um, um, apparently some people say, but it was just better when there was a cliffhanger every week. Oh, that's what that goes on what I was saying about the four episodes. Uh-huh. So they would always end the episode. The tw- I think it was like 20 minutes or whatever episode on a mm-hmm. cliffhanger so that you had to come back next week to watch it. Right. Um, it was fun that way. But again, they're only 20 minute episodes. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to leave a 45 minute episode on a cliffhanger every single time. Right. Because you get 45 whole minutes or sometimes even an hour. Like they have specials that are an hour to an hour and 15 minutes long. So it's hard to cliffhanger on that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, let's see. That was kind of all the ones that I found to be interesting um things that people might say um let's see i'm going to do you want to do the trivia questions sure if you want to i mean i wasn't sure if uh if you went through these or not i only went through a few of them did you yeah okay so i'll ask you some trivia questions we can test your knowledge see uh see how good you are if you actually are a whovian or (laughs) If you are just um, uh, a liar sitting in on my podcast. I feel like I've proven already that I'm a Whovian. I know. But we can go. We can do this. Uh, anytime I can quiz someone, I, I try and do that because it proves to be very boring for the audience. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Anyways, true or false? If a weeping angel touches you, you are sent into the future. That would be false. Because they send you into the past and then live on any of the life force you would have in the in the future. Ding, ding, ding. That is correct. <laughs> uh, this doesn't work at all because it says, what is the moment? And it's a screenshot of just, something. Just tell me what the, mo- what the screenshot is. Uh, it's um, David Tennant okay. as the doctor okay. and then the chick beside uh, him. Okay. David Tennant has a very bewildered look on his face here. I'll Turn it around. Okay. Yep. Here we go. Can you name that moment? Oh, it's, yeah, that, hold on. Let me. This is very, the moment very is actually... gripping stuff for the people that are listening. <laughs> <laughs> the moment is, that, that moment in particular plays on the war doctor that we were kind of talking about before we started the podcast. Um, it's a box, per se, that uh, do you want me to give you the yeah tell me tell me what the answers how they have the source of a weeping angel's power the regeneration of the doctor into a new body a powerful and dangerous weapon or a prophecy from the headless monks Uh, it's a powerful and dangerous weapon ah i clicked the wrong (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, i can't fucking let's see can i refresh Powerful and dangerous weapon. There we go. Yeah, you got it right. I'm just an idiot and click the wrong thing because I'm incapable of doing anything right. Oh. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, true or false? The holy shit! I'm gonna butcher this name. <laughs> Kril, 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 creatine. The creatine. The Kril, Kril, Oh my god. K r i l l i t a n e. The Krillatines? Sure. Uh, have always had wings. That would be incorrect. That is 
correct? <laughs> False, I believe, is the they, word you were looking yeah, for. Mm-hmm. They morph yeah. to different civilizations that they take on. Cool beans. What is the face of Bo's secret? You are not alone. Yep. You got that right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Please collect $200. I wish I could. Yeah. Well. <laughs> uh, where are the Time Lords from? Gallifrey. That is correct. Tell her what he's, she's won. Uh, your supply of ham. Oh, okay. Thanks. That'd be kind of cool. I like ham. Uh, the doctor has two hearts. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right. We're going to skip this because this is just stupid. There's. I feel like there was one towards the end. When I was scrolling through them, that was not that wasn't a too bad of a question. Okay, well, but you don't have to ask them all. You can just scroll through it. That's all right. <clears throat> um, all right. So the next bullet point we have here, um, and we kind of already answered it. <laughs> uh, do you feel that um, Doctor Who is a show that you have to watch a few episodes to really get into, or is it possible for someone uh, to get hooked right away? Uh, it depends on the person. Okay. That's, um, that was kind of what I was assuming because yeah. you were pretty much hooked right away, right? Yeah. It took about, oh, I'm trying to think, because I watched the first episode. I think it took me two episodes to get into it because the first episode has to do with like liquid wax people or something. Mm-hmm. And then the next episode you watch the the literal planet earth explode right. like he takes her into the very very far future and you see the earth go through its final days and become what's the last star i can't remember when and this is an actual like space conversation right white dwarf or something like okay. that whatever it explodes and becomes the final stage of a star because everyone knows that the earth is that mm. so it okay. took me to that episode, and then I was like, okay, this is legit. I got to watch this show. Cool. So the consensus is it's kind of, uh, it, it, it depends. Uh, you might get hooked right away, um, and it, you might be like me where it takes a few episodes, and then you put it off for like three years. and then Yeah, and if you find a good episode, like, if, like the one episode thing, it would have to be like one of the epic episodes. Um, but yeah, it just depends on the person. Right. Um, or you could be like Josh and hate it. Yeah. It Which, sucks that my husband hates my favorite show. I'm not going to lie. Well, I mean, you know, welcome to marriage most marriages <laughs> where, you know, some people hate the things that you like and yeah. mm-hmm. it tears you apart inside. Just but a little wh- bit. What are you going to do? Okay. Not a little bit, a lot. <laughs> Um, so in your opinion, uh, when did uh, Doctor Who kind of become mainstream, like a like a household name uh, and kind of like a, I guess, become a, a quote unquote fandom, okay. um, kind of like you would someone would follow like Harry Potter or Star Trek or Star Wars, like um, on that level right. I mean, to, to go ahead and assume that it's on that level. Uh, in your opinion, when do you think that it kind of hit that level? Um, was it like immediately when uh, those episodes, um, the new, the newer seasons came out, or was it even a little bit after that? I'd have to say it was a little bit after that, right? Um, okay. uh, like we touched on a little bit earlier, where the the older Whovians, the one we're watching it when it was black and white, and throughout the seventies and eighties, uh, 
it took them some time to get into it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd have to say probably over the last five years, it became a huge thing. That sounds about right. Because uh, I've been watching it now for, God, six years probably. So I feel like it was it was becoming a huge thing while I was starting to get through the first few seasons of it. So yeah, probably within the last five years. Okay, that sounds uh, that sounds about right. I, I feel like um, I feel like people really haven't been uh, just like gung ho holy shit about Doctor Who until the past couple of years. Yeah, like I I I think my first oh my god. I'm very sorry if you hear, like, the clicking of nails or barking or anything. <laughs> uh, it is uh, the 5,000 dogs we have in the house. Um, and it's currently raining, so we just had to, le- like, bring them back in the house. Um, put them down in the man cave if you want. Nah. Okay. Whatever. All right. Um, so, but, yeah, like I was saying, uh, the, we, Lindsay and I, like, went to the movies one day. Uh, it was maybe, is before we had the kids, so probably at least four years yeah. ago. And they were doing one of those screenings where they were screening, I think, some of the episodes yeah. uh, from the newer season. Maybe right. the older seasons, too. I feel like it was Christopher Eggleston's season, sorry. Yeah, it could have been. Either way, when we came out of the theater... Uh, there was a giant fucking line of people waiting to get in and like people dressed as the TARDIS. And I was like, what is going on? And at that point, like I didn't even know what Dr. Who was. I have a TARDIS dress. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I was kind of expecting you to wear that, (laughs) uh, that shirt that you have that didn't, didn't you buy that shirt that it was the little mermaid? Oh yeah. uh, Doctor um, Who crossover. Yeah, it doesn't fit right now. Oh, so you're like me, where you just outgrow your clothes. Mm-hmm, yeah, uh, I'm trying to get back into it. So that's a touchy subject. But, right on. Um, I'm still. I'm wearing the bracelet you brought back from one of those. And uh, that's that's what matters most. Yeah, and you know, I always rep my Doctor Who. I have a freaking tattoo. Mm-hmm. So yes, <laughs> it's. it's uh, I believe it says number thirty-seven, please, and in a side order egg rolls. Isn't that what it translates to? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know what gets me the most about this tattoo is uh it's a mashup for anyone who's listening it it's gallifreyan and it says not all who wander are lost mm-hmm. so it's a mashup of course between lord of the rings and doctor who uh right people will say well you know it doesn't really say that right <clears throat> well yes i do are you are you are you, really it's it's a made-up language so yes i know it doesn't really say that uh, so that's probably one of those things that gets Whovians is when you see people can actually write in Gallifreyan for the record. Like yeah. they can, <laughs> people cool. actually learned how to do it so they can it actually write. It kind of looks it. like the inside of a clock. It does. A lot of people say it looks really cool. They think it's like I ripped open a part of my arm and made it look like the inside of a clock, which is fine. Cause you know, not that it would ever happen, but if Doctor Who becomes not a thing and no one knows about it, right. people will just look at it and think that. You know what would make really cool tattoos? Did you and Josh see Arrival? Was that the one with Chris Pratt? No, uh, no. no. That's that, the one that with... Was Passengers. Right. Uh, Arrival no, we haven't had seen it yet. Amy Adams and Jeremy Renner. We haven't seen that one well, yet. Well, we have it on DVD. We'll lend it to you. Okay. Um, but they, the, the aliens that come to Earth... Uh, they have their own language, mm-hmm. um, and m- a lot of the movie is Amy Adams and Jeremy Renner's characters. They try and uh, translate 
their language into English so they can figure out why they're there because the whole entire time they're there. Sorry, I don't want to go into spoilers. Right. Um, <laughs> either way, they have their own language and it kind of looks it, it. It's all like circular based and uh, there's like things inside the circle. So it, it's very cool and it kind of yeah. reminds me of Gallifrey. And cool. I'll show you some examples. Okay. Cool. Um, after the podcast. Uh, but anyways, um, that's just a little tidbit that's not well, related to Well, it's ignorant for people to think that aliens wouldn't write and read and speak in a different language. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you think about it, us as humans, they, I mean, it's proven that we only use a percentage of our brain's actual worth. Right. So, you know, it's kind of ignorant to think that they, they wouldn't speak a different language. Uh, so, uh, the last question that I have, um, and it's kind of my personal favorite, um, do you think that ever or soon uh, we'll see a female doctor? And would you like to see, personally, see a female doctor? This may sound sexist. But no? Not no. I'm not ready. Uh-huh. As a Whovian, I'm not ready to see the doctor as a woman. Um, especially now, because his... I don't want to say arch nemesis. I want to say friend mm-hmm. but it's weird loosely used the word friend is a woman um the so, master so it wouldn't really make sense sorry to cut you off no it's okay so it, it wouldn't really make sense to all of a sudden to have the doctor be a woman i mean it could it's totally a thing like there's been numerous episodes where you watch other like if he when he goes back to gallifrey and he sees all of his other gallifreyans and something happens to one of them they can regenerate into women. It's mm-hmm. not a linear thing. Yeah. Um, I think that it would take an extremely amazing woman actor for the fan base to get on board with it. I could be speaking out of turn. Uh, maybe not. That may just be me personally. Um, but uh, the doctor is a man. Uh-huh. And that's okay. Like, I'm, I mean, he... I could see certain women, like maybe Emma Thompson. She could probably play a really good doctor. Okay. Um, there was one other one that Ellen I thought Marin? about this. Who? Ellen Marin. Who's that? Uh, <laughs> she, uh, let's see. She's been, in, she's really been in a bunch of stuff, but I've only seen a select few things. Did you ever see that Bruce Willis movie um, where him and John Malkovich, they're kind of like, uh, they're ex- I think they're ex FBI or something like that. Talking about Red? Yes, Red. Yeah, she, she could be. Older, yes, okay, she uh, could totally be one. I I feel like because she has that like charm and appeal, yeah, kind of sexy old lady thing going on. And she could totally be that. It's it's just when you go, the thing about that is he runs a lot, mm-hmm. so you have to think about that. Like I thought about Dame Maggie Smith for a second because everyone loves her, she, and she would be an she'd excellent. Break a hip. <laughs> yeah, but she would she would break a hip if she was trying to be the doctor. Right. So um, I don't think that it would be too crazy. I just think that the writers would definitely need to find someone that was worth turning the doctor into a woman. Sure. Because um, he's been a man for so long. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a man, baby. Yeah. The master, which if you watch the show, you'll learn out who he or she is. Uh, but currently it's a she and she goes by Missy because mm-hmm. it's a woman. Um has changed into a woman twice, I think. So it's just a matter of what the writers choose. Um, I would be okay with it, I guess. 
just like I said, it would have to be somebody really worthwhile for me right. to be like, okay with it. That makes sense. Um, well, that's pretty much all I had as far as stuff written down. Um, you, we kind of talked, uh, uh, about bringing up the, the sonic screwdriver, uh, cause we really haven't talked a whole lot about the sonic screwdriver and that's, uh, one of the kind of doctor who staples. Oh yeah. Um, if, if you will. So, uh, you want to tell us a little bit about the sonic screwdriver? So, um, same, same software, different casing. Um, any Whovian knows when I say that, what that means. Uh, so throughout the entire show, he has a different one. Each doctor usually gets his own. Um, Christopher Eggleston and David Tennant shared one. And I believe the first, because he doesn't get a sonic screwdriver right away. Um, I believe John Pertree might have gotten the first one, but it might be the one right after that. And for some reason, his name is escaping me. So the third doctor might have been the first one that actually got one. Okay. Um, but it all, they all look different. So currently Peter Capaldi is maze balls. Like it looks awesome. Okay. Um, but each, each one, as it goes on, gets better and better. It gets more and more perks to it. It gets more nifty little things that it can do when he looks at it and things like that. Um, it's sound, it is what it, it sounds like. It's a tool. It's not a gun. It's not a, it's not a weapon per se, but you can think of it as his weapon. Cause he's always got it with him. If he doesn't, then something really bad's about to happen, and it's going to be like a cliffhanger. Right. Um, Peter Capaldi had some sonic sunglasses for a second before they actually gave him his sonic screwdriver that he has now. Um, So they kind of served the purpose of a sonic screwdriver before? Yeah. Okay. So he, and he uses them again in the current season that we're in. Um, Nice. So it, it, it's definitely his lightsaber for lack of a better thing. Like right. it's, it's always with him. It's his go-to. It unlocks things. It decodes things. It can pick up different frequencies. It's, it's a, it's a staple of the doctor. Like he has to have it. Um, another, I mean, he, <laughs> <laughs> Fucking dogs. Got soaked. That was great. Um, Inconsiderate asshole. It's it's an interesting tool. It's a different. It's an interesting take on having a piece of equipment with you as a hero, Mm -hmm. Um, because it doesn't hurt anyone per se. It doesn't. Literally that. It doesn't hurt anyone. It will t- get him out of handcuffs. It'll get him out of a cell. Okay. It, you know, it. he's way too clever for him to need a weapon. Hmm. So there are many episodes where he works with Unit, which is like a British version of the FBI. Okay. And uh, he will not take soldiers with him because they... St- think like soldiers they kill first ask questions later yeah and he will not just doesn't get down with that so the screwdriver is a tool it's something that he needs um to get to make him as clever as he is he can do it without it there are a few episodes where he does save the planet without it um but only because the tardis is making him a new one so so yeah. this is a very important question. Do you think he would be Team Stark or Team Captain America? Uh, definitely Team Stark. Yeah? Oh, yeah. 
Why is that? Because Tony Stark is an inventor. He not it has nothing to do with money. It's the fact that he's smart. He's clever. He thinks outside the box. Yeah, Tony Stark uses weapons, but that's just because he's American. Sorry. <laughs> uh, he... I mean, think about all the stuff, the stuff that Tony Stark made before he made the Iron Man suit. So, so really, you're just you're just saying that he he would like to be friends with Tony Stark because he's got a lot of toys. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I mean, he'd like Captain America because of his ideals and his mm-hmm. morals and things like that. Um, but Captain America's a soldier, so he would have his he would work with them on numerous occasions, but he would not. He would definitely be Team Stark. Mm. That might be okay. me too, though. So, oh, well, I, I I did say that facetiously, though, as a very important question. It was not a very important question. I know that, and <laughs> I was waiting on a laugh, and I didn't get one. And, <laughs> well, and but I, Tony Stark is an inventor, so yeah. Um, well, that's uh, like I said. That's all the questions that I had. Um, did you uh, did you have anything else that you feel that the good people listening should be aware of? You'll get a favorite. Yeah? Yeah, you'll definitely have a favorite. Um, and know going into it that you'll lose your favorite. He will regenerate. Oh, Yeah. And it's it's emotional. And I'm, I mean, I'm a woman, so of course I'm more, more emotional than a man, per se. But uh, I cried when I lost my favorite doctor. Yeah. Um, I cried again when I lost my second favorite doctor. So it's... it's you get attached. It's it's something that you... I mean, if you think about it, when you watch Star Wars or Star Trek or any of those other sci-fi shows that have been on forever and ever, yeah, you get attached to these characters. So when you lose them, it's emotional. It's kind of like losing your favorite character in a book. So know that for sure. Um, it's okay that you lose him because you don't completely lose him. Yeah. He regenerates and he turns into something completely different, but more often than not, he remembers. He lives on in your heart. Yeah, (laughs) he does. He totally lives on in your heart. Uh, He remembers his old memories, the things that he's done with previous people. Uh So um, just know that you'll get a favorite and you will lose him because I knew that going in and it wasn't as hard when I actually lost my favorite doctor. Okay. Um, what else would I say? The relationship between the doctor and the TARDIS is very emotional between him and her. Mm. And she, yes, she is a her. Uh, there is an episode where they put her into a human body and it's a woman. I remember reading that um, in my research. <laughs> <laughs> so know that he stole that TARDIS. He ran away. So Breaking the law. Yeah, breaking the law. He is not... He <laughs> he is a bandit. So they have a they have a very serious relationship, him and the TARDIS. It regenerates with the doctor. You can tell as you look through pictures and things like that. Mm. That if it goes through a crash or something along those lines, it will regenerate into a new TARDIS. So and each time the doctor changes, the inside changes. So okay. Uh, it's not just him regenerating, it's the show as a whole, because more often than not, the writers are changing too. So um, just know that going in, that it's not a s- linear situation. It's 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 time travel. Yeah. It's, it's everywhere. It's all over the place. So 
the plot holes will be filled. Just trust that they'll be filled at some point. Your holes will be filled. Yeah. <laughs> and that if you don't get into it, you don't get into it. There's no judgment for people who think that you need to be a Whovian. You don't. It's fine. You're entitled to your wrong opinion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but other people, when you get into it, it will touch you. If you really watch the show, it will touch you. I feel like you should talk about the companions because he usually has one. You're talking about the girls that kind of. It's not just women. Okay, my bad. I thought it was primarily women. Well, the first companion he has is his granddaughter. Uh-huh. The very first companion, like back in the Dizzy. Right. And then her teachers are, so the three of them, well, four of them travel around together. Um, You have to think about it as, I mean, he's like thousands of years old. He's lived more lives than any of us could ever imagine. Mm. So he needs companionship just like anybody else. He needs someone to talk to. He gets lonely. Yeah. Um, but no, he only picks up clever people. Okay. So that, you know, if you, you're an egotistical a-hole, he's more than likely not going to pick you up and want you to travel through time and space with him. Gotcha. So I would totally go with him just for the record. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's cool. Leave Josh. Too? No, he would come too. Oh, okay. There, there's an there. Matt Smith takes around a married couple, so no, he well, would come cool. with us. That's nice of him. Yeah. Plus, he wears memory. a bow tie. So and bow ties are cool. Yeah, they are cool by yeah. default. Yeah. Well, they are cool. Hence, why I had them in my wedding because it's my favorite tie and my favorite pasta. <laughs> <laughs> It's just fun to eat a bow tie pasta. I don't I mean, know why. It feels good on my tongue. That's, that's too much. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I don't understand why I end up saying these things uh, instead of just letting them slide back into my brain. And go back where they came from? Yes. Oh. You get out of here, gay thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> There's a catchphrase for each one. Most of for them. For each doctor? Most of them, yeah. Okay. What's, uh, what are some of the catchphrases? Uh, Christopher Eggleston's was fantastic. It's fantastic? No, the word fantastic. Oh, okay. Uh, David Tennant's was Alonzi, which is French for let's go. Mm-hmm. Um, Matt Smith was Geronimo. Uh, Tom Baker was Do You Want a Jelly Baby? Which is kind of like a gummy bear. Okay. Um, so yeah, there. It's just they when they revamped it, they tried to grab some of the stuff that they had before, so that the new new Whovians mm-hmm. would uh, continue to watch the show and and get involved with the old Whovians, as they like to say. Um, cool. There. <laughs> it's nerdy, guys. Like it's a nerdy show, and and that's okay. That's like, cool. Well, I mean, the way that you've described. Uh, uh, and have answered all my questions really makes me want to go back and finish watching or I mean at least continue watching uh, because I mean it's it's been kind of in in my personal queue of shows that I need to watch or get into for some time now but I mean that list is very long I'm sure minus two (laughs) yeah but you've kind of helped me push it back to the top so It, it it's definitely worth it. Give it a few episodes to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't, 
I, I mean, that's why you asked me to be on here is because I have a passion for this show. Yeah. Like, it means a lot to me. And if, God heaven forbid, it ever goes off air, I'll be devastated. <clears throat> I mean, it's an it's a hella good show. Well, I really don't see any reason for them to take it off because um, it, it's not like, I mean, there's there's sort of reoccurring characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, like uh, one doctor will do more than one season. Yeah. But it's not like a show like parks and rec where we've discussed on the podcast previously where, um, you know, it's the same characters for eight or nine seasons and there's like, nowhere else for the story to go. Yeah. They're like, okay, we're done with this show. Let's wrap it up. Right. Um, this, I mean, it's kind of operating on a different level, kind of like, you know, other stuff out there like SNL. I mean, they, they have like other, you know, comedians coming in all the time. Mm-hmm. So there's really no reason for it to get canceled. Um, or God, that would be terrible. Like my life would be over. I feel like, yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> You know, as a uh, as a uh, Jeff Jeff Goldblum likes to say, uh, life uh, life will will find a way. Yeah. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> Jeff Goldblum. I like I like uh, Jeff Goldblum because he uh, he uh, he uh, he uses a lot of verbal crutches like uh, 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 uh and, 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 and 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 then and, and like. Yeah, and I use all those all the time. <laughs> like I spend many hours after we record a podcast episode editing out all of my ums and likes. However, since we started the show, I feel like I've gotten better at it. Mm-hmm. I, I not this particular show. The I get know, what at you're the saying. very beginning, um, I feel like I've gotten better. Uh, not by much, <laughs> but. <laughs> By a fraction of of an amount. Better is better. I mean, yeah. it's fine. But we're not here to talk about that. No. Um, However, we, we kind of, I think, have wrapped up. I mean, we can. Did there's, you? there's, I mean, there's, I could talk about this for hours. Yeah. That's what Josh was saying. Like, it, it, it's a never ending thing. Like, you could ask as many questions as you could possibly think of, and I could more than likely answer them for you. Mm-hmm. Um, the show is just... You get involved. You want him to come pick you up. Like when we were getting married, I had Josh told me numerous times I wasn't allowed to have Doctor Who themed wedding. I would have done it. (laughs) I'd have done it in a heartbeat. But he's not into it. And it wasn't just my wedding. It was our wedding. Uh But best believe my garter had a TARDIS on it. Yeah, it did. And, you know, it's. I mean, I'm not crazy. I don't just get tattoos because I get tattoos. Mm -hmm. It. It, it's that good of a show. It's kind of cheesy, but that's fun. Like yeah. it, it's, it adds. It does. It's an amazing show. Like you, there's always an episode when you get a new doctor where he has that moment where he becomes the doctor. Mm-hmm. Like you think to yourself, hell yeah, that's a doctor moment. Like he just said something like, "There's one where David Tennant's like." I'm a thousand some years old. I've saved the planet this many times. I'm the doctor. I'm going to save your life. And you get the feels and you're like, oh my God, yeah. please save me. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, you know, just because David is my favorite, that's got nothing to do with it. There's a Matt Smith episode. The very first episode Matt Smith is in, he does the same thing. Uh-huh. Like he looks at the alien that's there and he's like, uh, I'm the doctor. Look me up. 
and they look him up and they're like, all right, we're out deuces. I'm, I'm not even going to play this game with you. Um, so there's always that moment where you just like, you're like, yes, you just you did it again. I'm so proud of you. So, uh, if you get nothing else from this podcast, get that it's worth a watch. You may not like it. If you're a sports guy or that's more your thing, that's fine. Don't have to watch it, but at least give it a shot. Because it's worth at least, what, two episodes? Yeah. 90 minutes of your life. You're, I'm sure you're Just watching other, that much. other crazy shit that's not worth that time. Right. So, Do you have any other questions that you can think of about the show? Uh, I really don't. Um, I, I feel like I've asked all the important ones um, to kind of get our listeners started on their Whovian adventures. Um, hopefully. Be the best adventures of your life. <laughs> You hear, heard that? <laughs> no, no, go watch it. God yeah. damn it. It's, or else <laughs> we're going to stick a like sonic was, screwdriver was, up your butthole. <laughs> my sister said to me, there's this show you have to watch. Watch it. And I was like, I'm not watching this shit. I don't care what you have to say. I turned it on and I started watching it. Uh-huh. So if you, I mean, if you're any, if you read Harry Potter or you Lord of the Rings or any of that fantasy shit where you have some sort of imagination that you can appreciate the show as what it is, then mm-hmm. definitely give it a watch. It's worth it. Cool. And on that note, um, we're gonna we're gonna peace out this bitch. Peace out, Wody. Yeah. Don't forget to uh, subscribe to all of our social media shit. You can find all those links. On our website uh, at geek, uh, Um Like I said, you can find all the links there. You can listen to all the episodes there. You can find the links to download uh, the episodes, uh, whether you have an iOS device, an Android device, or if you listen to them on Stitcher, you can find that there as well. Um, but yeah, uh, we will catch you on the flippity flop. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, And thank you for listening. Goodbye.